Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm Lance Armstrong, your host each and every week. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everybody had a great week. Any questions or comments, send me an email, the Forward Podcast at we do sport, W-E-D-U sport.com, the Forward Podcast at we do sport.com. Before I get into the intro of my guest this week, I want to just uh, a couple things. I want to send a shout out. Um, well, let me back up. Um, I, I have never been around Alzheimer's before. Yeah, never had a family member, never uh, n- never really seen the extent of that. Um, but Anna's dad was diagnosed about a decade ago and got to the point where um, we could no longer care for him. So we, we found him an excellent facility and, you know, an assisted living memory loss specialty place in Denver. Um, so first of all, I just want to, you know, say to anybody that's dealing with it or dealt with it or has a loved one, uh, hang in there. That That's some of the toughest stuff I've ever seen. Secondly, I want to say a special thank you to Ken Yeager and everybody at Morningstar Assisted Living in the Denver area for being uh, so professional, so compassionate, so caring uh, for Anna and her father. Um, just a big thank you um, for that. On the way up and back to Denver, we went for a day, but uh, on the way there, we watched two movies, and I, I don't want to bring these up because they were both excellent. Uh, on the way up there, we watched this new Annette Benning film, 20th Century Women. And growing up in my generation, you know, it reminded me of, remember the old movie, The Breakfast Club? It, it, it felt like that. So I highly recommend y'all check it out, 20th Century Women. And then on the way home, we watched Lion which I had, I had heard great things about, uh, but that certainly did not disappoint. Another excellent, I was, I was crying like a baby. You, you'd, have, you'd have had to mop me out of that airplane if you caught me at the right time. But both excellent, check them out. Hey, my guest this week is Eddie Wilson. Eddie, Eddie is probably somebody that most of the listeners have never heard of, but Austin, where we live here, prides itself on being the live, quote unquote, the live music capital of the world. And, and I would almost go out and, on a limb and say that the reason for that, obviously we've had amazing musicians um, you know, come through here, live here, work here, play here. Um, but I would argue that the one reason that it's the live music capital of the world is because of Eddie Wilson. Eddie started a thing, a venue in 1973 called the Armadillo World Headquarters. And he's got a new book out comes out tomorrow, April 4th. The title is Armadillo World Headquarters, a memoir. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it, you know, the usual places. But let me just tell you a little bit about the Armadillo World Headquarters. It's only open for seven years. Eddie actually grew up here in Austin, traveled around the state a bit, and then came back and opened the venue. Um, and in just seven years, had artists like Jerry Jeff Walker, Frank Zappa, Bruce Springsteen. He had Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen for five nights. He paid him a dollar a night. How about that? A dollar a night to come play your venue. Other people like uh, Charlie Daniels, the Ramones, Willie Nelson, Stevie Ray Vaughan. There was a little band from Australia. Played their first ever American gig right here in Austin, Texas. 
at the Armadillo World Headquarters. That band, little band called ACDC. Um, so super interesting conversation. Guy is is you know uh, uh, has, has seen an awful lot, and you kind of get the sense it. And when you're talking, and at least when I was talking to him, that the dude has seen a lot. You're like, wow. Hmm. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you have a great week. Look forward to uh, to talking to y'all next week. Again, uh, check out Eddie's new book. It's called The Armadillo World Headquarters. Available on Amazon tomorrow. Um, see y'all next week. Thanks. Eddie, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Have you? I hadn't come on to you. Come on. No. <laughs> That's true. Well, shit. Thank you for, thank you for being brave enough to you know come into the core of hippiedom here, hidden behind the old right. gills up in the upstairs store where nobody gets to go. Oh, so this is a privilege, people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so we are we're we are behind. The old Thread Gills, which is up on North Lamar in Austin, which, you know, when you came up here, there was probably nothing up here. Other, the, was the 19, Yellow Rose here? Nah, 1948, the city limits were moved from 43rd Street and down there at the Funny Farm huh. and just out past here and yeah. uh, right at the railroad track on Airport Boulevard. And that's when, when Thread Gills went from being out of town to in town. Was it a paved road? Yeah, and it's in a sloppy shouldered kind of sort of way. Right, right. Yeah, gravel everywhere. Yeah, because my kids go to school at Cassis, which is on ex, uh, yeah. on exposition. When that school was built, that was the end of the world in Austin. That was a dirt road. Yeah. It was not, that was that was the outskirts. Yeah, I lived right down the street from it. Yeah. On Tower Drive. Yeah. Uh, but, Lord... How far back do you have to go before going back sounds like any fun? Uh, we had uh, Austin was always kind of antsy to you know be bigger than it was, right. and so it, were, it was kind of a promotional minded sort of place. Yeah. You know, how can we how can we swell up and wear the gorilla suit? It just you know wasn't meant to be for years and right. years and years and years. Right. And then that happened, and then and then you know the infrastructure wasn't put in place, and so now we're left. I know Lamar turned into gravel. No, I well, I know that because uh, when we were trying to set up where we're going to record this, certain times of the day were totally off limits because you weren't going to go out and drive in this fucking traffic we have here. No, I already got my guest book for my show. We just <laughs> had to do this one so I'd learn how. <laughs> have you ever done a podcast? I've done just about everything, but podcasts sound like some sort of strange sexual yeah. proclivity that I don't do. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, it's, there'll I, be I talk, none, there'll radio, be none of that I'm that from, I know I'm of. from the world of radio, so it's really an old fashioned kind of thing. Yeah. But, but this but, is like that. This yep. is just a, people sneak up on me with tape recorders all the time, just trying to catch some of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> right. So this is, but this feels, this is your first, this is, that's right. We're, this is your virgin experience on, uh, on a podcast. An old radio whore goes virgin podcast. What do you mean, old radio whore? 
well that's how you you know you pedal your ass all over town on whoever whoever can't get a guest that day and right. you go and you compete with sammy and bob or, right. or or whoever and you try to get a few hundred listeners and you yeah. try to say something that they you know will either come spend money at your place because you said or they'll hate you for it and then they'll tell somebody else and they'll disagree with them so that we'll, we'll get them to yeah. anyway. when did and you got here you went to mccallum high yeah here so yeah. you got here and I, I well i got here in 48 or 9 yeah from uh ricocheted out of mississippi mississippi right to lamarck so my stepdad could rebuild a carbide plant that had exploded down there <laughs> and he didn't like it so we came up here and and got a got a place around the corner from the lunatic asylum yeah and learned to really enjoy the fact that it was not lumberton mississippi or or galveston or anywhere we'd been before right and, and when you come here i mean you you're, you you never envisioned that that you're going to be uh you know sort of a a, a rock and rolls the americana music uh promoter uh, institution icon you know uh, enabler you never you never you never knew that we hadn't got that really clear yet do we no well no we do but but <laughs> no it, you know i mean i knew i was real special because mm -hmm. beulah was my mom she told me so and so i knew I knew whatever I did was going to be okay. Most of our moms tell us that. Not all, but most. Yeah. Well, I was raised in a nursery school, so we she served as a mom for dozens of other kids from all over town. Yeah. Huh. The, the, the governor's attorney yeah. brought his deaf-mute son to Beulah's nursery school Yeah. and tried to explain to her why nobody would keep him because he had such a hot temper that he would hold his breath and turn blue and then pass out and hit his head on the floor and sit. <laughs> and so she said, well, I'll do the best I can. Yeah. And the governor's attorney went back down toward the governor's house to do his daily work, and the little boy was served cabbage for lunch. Wow. You had a couple of no, you had a, lone, a couple of Lone Stars rolling in here. Well, that's because we're talking cabbage, and you got to yeah. chase cabbage with something. Absolutely. And the little guy didn't want to eat his cabbage in Beulah. Bueller took him up by the collar and the seat of his pants and put his head in the sink and yeah. turned the water on him and waterboarded the, you know, the son of this, the governor's lawyer. Right. And uh, by the end of the week, Osorio Jr. was holding Mama's leg every day when they'd come to pick him up because he didn't want to leave. He loaded her to death. That's and, cute. And he ate That's plenty cute. of cabbage, grew big and strong. <laughs> so we're... We're at the store, the old, the, the, you said it's a store. It does look like a store behind the old Threadgills. And this, the first time I heard of Threadgills or saw or knew of Threadgills, which is probably the same for a lot of people listening, was this, I think it was a Visa commercial. Or was it American Express? Who, they filmed a Visa commercial? Card. Visa, Visa card. Visa card. Where yep. It was one of these, remember those old commercials where they said, and we don't take American Express? Do I remember? <laughs> no, I remember. I was but there was, there was there was a restaurant. The, I think it was the Fog City Diner in San Francisco. Yeah, it was Threadgills, and it, that must have been eighty four. No, nineteen ninety four. Excuse yeah. me. I get my decades because really I was here. Yeah. Well, one day I get my. Did you just say you get your decades mixed up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The phone rang and the kid said, "I'm from I BBD hope you live in long New York enough that you, that you get your centuries mixed up. 
well, I mean, I'm pulling for you unless it gets to be a real bummer. Mm. You know, every now and then lately, oh, my knee's going, my hip's going, all that stuff. And, and there, I spend a few minutes waiting for something to kick in so I don't have to, I don't have to feel that shitty about being alive. But, uh, <laughs> but it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out all right. That's right. You know, because they let us sleep the last few minutes of it off anyway. Right. So uh, I think it's, we're going to go down easy compared to the way the whole So for anybody did. that is worried about dying, which I'm not really worried about it right now because I feel like I'm going to be here for a minute. But if you're at the end of it all, there you go. You just you get to sleep the last little part. and it just Yeah. 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 We're easing them on out of here better now. Yeah. That's, I, I do agree with that. So this yeah. commercial rolls along. And this... How, uh, that, that the phone it, rang and I said, "What?" He said, "I'm." I almost said his name. I'm. Uh, wasn't it either? I'm from BBD in Old New York, and I said, "What the hell took you so long to call?" And then he stammered and he said, uh, "Well, I have to ask you a few questions. Are you a freestanding restaurant?" I said, "Yes," and several other questions. And I said, "Yes, yes." So we were then cleared to maybe be one of the last three in contention for the Visa Card commercial. Yeah. We got it, of course, and they came in here. They came in here and and in three days spent something like seven or eight million dollars <laughs> producing a movie that they turned into a sixty second Visa card hmm. commercial. And I mean, it starts now, 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 east of the Texas Panhandle in Austin. There's a place that just won't let you go home hungry, and. Uh, they showed it about $15 million worth of time around the country, and you could come out in the parking lot in the middle of August with just sweat pouring off everything, and there'd be cars from all over the United States parked in the parking lot because they were driven here by that commercial. I knew it wouldn't last, and if I'd have been smarter, I'd have made better use of that tremendous uh, cash flow that we had there for a little while, but... At, uh, Meaning doing more. Just prejudice. there's never going to be another one like it. Mm. You know, it's just the biggest thing you can possibly get. It's the lottery. Mm. There's and, still the one downtown. Yeah. I'm right. just talking about that Visa card commercial. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We got one downtown, but that's a problematic tale of of increased property taxes. Mm. That one. That one is threatened right now, seriously. Do you own that dirt? No, no. Shit. If I yeah, own that dirt, own we wouldn't that. be sitting here, pal. Uh, I'd be on. My, We'd be in New Zealand. I'd be in New Zealand. You'd be getting a job. <laughs> well, you know, it just so turns out that I actually need a job. Well, me too. That's why I'm going to New Zealand. We. I want. I want to hear. The they music. eat shit down there. What? They eat shit down there. They I mean, eat they, yeah, shit yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. I was it, just it there. Like, I didn't eat shit. Well, you probably were served very well. You probably are everywhere you go. You mean the food sucks? The food is from Britain. It's like being landing in the Garden of Eden and then being served off a British food truck where everything is just not there. Oh, Lord God, what an awful break. But I've done my research. Okay. They've come over here. I've cooked for them down there. And they just love this stuff. They come up here and they just change shape right in front of you. They eat so good. <laughs> and so I think we can do a good job of taking American food to New Zealand, making a great movie about it, budgeting the restaurant as just part of the movie budget. That's the secret to getting enough money to do a good restaurant. Are you fucking Make with me a, or are you really No, fuck, no, I'm not fucking with you. I'm trying to get some money raised now. God damn it. Do you want in or not? <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. That's the pitch. Well, you know, he's not underhanded. No, no, no that was straight overhand. Do, that but, was know, straight my, fastball. Yeah, but my, my children are not what they used to be. <laughs> but when we, we'll talk about that later. But you think so? so? Well, we talking well, about New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, later? Now? Whenever? Where in New Zealand? Oh, it'd have to be fairly close to Auckland just to ensure your success. Mm. You'd have to have. That's where we were. Well, that's where everybody is. That's where all the people are there. They got more sheep than we got people, and they got more people than than can fit anywhere else. You know, it's you don't want to go to Wellington because you had to blow off your head and everything else go tumbling down the street. It's just really, really too windy. Yeah, but uh, I've I, I been blessed. So you were there. You were telling the story that we've never met in person. And so you were down there, or you said your your daughter, no, your daughter-in-law, yeah, or your stepdaughter, stepdaughter, yeah. stepdaughter was down there. Yeah. She was an actress. She was a... a, a Xena Warrior Princess. She on, was she was the she was the sidekick of uh, Lucy Lawless, Xena, and they shot it down there for six years or so. That's an American show. Well, it was a shot in New Zealand, so right. I guess not. Uh, it was an independent, I guess you'd say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got blessed with the you know world travel and the movie business and and all that and I was in New Zealand 7,000 miles away from home having walked the Milford track and discovering that I had serious hip problems and sitting tired on a bench edge of Auckland reading a newspaper at a coffee shop and somebody on the other side of my paper stops walking on the sidewalk and says I say would you be Eddie Wilson from Threadgill's? <laughs> wow! Yeah, and I, I'm Grant McCollum from Real Groovy Records, and we come over to South by every year, and we always go to Threadgill's and eat. <laughs> and so, there, bam, a whole new bunch of friends sprung up. Real Groovy Records, yeah, Real Groovy, a records. New Zealand label, yeah, yeah, New Zealand. It's a record store, right? It's our, it's their version of Waterloo, right? Yeah. Black T-shirts and and uh, cool shit, yeah. Speaking of places like Threadgills and like Waterloo and like, well, I guess in the day you could say Chewy's, but that's more of a franchise, you know, it's enterprise now. But, you know, some would say that you are the godfather of this whole movement of Keep Austin Weird. Right? You know, you see the shirts, you see all the stuff. Every other city in America tries to knock it off. But you're the original weirdo. Uh, well, I wasn't really very weird. I was, I was kind of a, kind of just a plain and homely sort of mm. local. Jim Franklin and the people that I encountered from other places were the were the weirdos. I just tried to, I just tried to get them going in a straight line. Where was the Armadillo World Headquarters? I don't even know where it was. It's on. on it's uh, its location was right next to the property line of Threadgill's downtown right oh. now. And is the structure still there? No, no, no. It, it was. It was. We, we were. There out was of, a structure. There was a, a a structure that has great pictures in both Threadgill's restaurants. A two story, a stu- yeah, a two story office kind of plain and simple building next to the skating palace. Behind the two story building was a armory structure that sixteen thousand square feet. Concrete and, and metal and the worst acoustics it could possibly be had. And uh, my very best piece of 
piece of endorsement hype ever was by Ann Richards. She said that. No, I can tell you what she said. Okay, good. I'm going to read now, you. Get it out there. I'm going to read you exactly what Ann Richards said. Well, all right. Just part can, of the. If I can fucking find it. <laughs> this. Hang on. Here we go. The Armadillo World Headquarters was one of the most exciting and remained one of the most exciting places in the United States for the years that it was in operation. I saw a little of everything at the Armadillo, and it was one of the great experiences of my life. That was Ann Richards, the late great Ann Richards, who was a friend of mine, obviously a friend of yours. This one, this would have been in her days where she was enjoying herself because she, she, you know, she, I tried to make it easy for Ann to enjoy herself. Yeah, I made sure you made it. It sounds like you made it easy for a lot of people to enjoy themselves. We just had good security. You know that was that was really the secret. But no that, guns. No, no. I mean, we we were desperately trying to avoid guns. I mean, yeah. somebody eventually got shot there by a gun a gun wielding you know person in the parking lot. <laughs> but uh, that was the reason that we didn't we didn't have them. We because at a, one point Willie Willie Nelson, right? My friend, your friend, old Austin icon. His audience or his fans or I don't know what his, his crowd wanted to bring guns. Well, yeah, well, they took and you guns said everywhere. no guns. They threw guns everywhere they went. And Willie we, and, and Willie was upset that his fans couldn't bring their guns. Well, it was just uh, almost everybody who's never had to answer to anybody has a real hard time changing, you know, their degree of looseness. You know, I can relate to that. Yeah. I bet you could. I can really relate yeah, to that. And I'm not I'm not I'm not shitting you. Yeah. Although I have a little different view of it now. Oh uh, yeah. Well I've certainly got a different view than I had. You know, last time I was headed off the shoulder of the road. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. I got a I got a, I got a nice short down the middle game and uh, get me on out of here yeah. in the next few years, I guess. And, and what um what how many people could you fit into the Armadillo World Headquarters? Fifteen hundred. Oh, so that's that's a lot bigger than I had imagined. Yeah, we actually would we would sell fifteen hundred tickets and then put in a hundred comps that helped shoehorn the other ones in there. But uh, but that we'd sell fifteen hundred tickets, and we got to the point that we were sold out so many days in a row with world class stuff from the four corners of the world that. That, uh, so I'm going to read, um, for our listeners, I'm just going to give you a really random, give them a really random list of people that played the Armadillo World Headquarters, which to me, if you'd have said it was 250 or 150, I would have believed you. 1,500, that feels to me like a bigger room. Um, so it, it, here's the, it, this is how wide-ranging it went. It went Willie Nelson, Frank Zappa, Bruce Springsteen, Taj Mahal. For Mahal. a dollar. The first night Excuse Bruce me. played. Excuse me. Bruce Springsteen for a dollar. The first dollar. night he played in Texas was at Armadillo, and we charged a dollar. And we opened with Alvin Crow and the Neon Angels. They were free. No, they were they were they were playing. They were headlining for three hundred dollars, and I asked them if they would do me a favor and let this other guy close. <laughs> let me finish. I'm okay. going to get back to the dollar show of Bruce Springsteen. All right, so uh, where was I? Uh, uh, the Springsteen, Taj Mahal, ACDC, Charlie Daniels, the Ramones, Roy Buchanan, Bette Midler, just to name a few, um, Janis Joplin. Um, no, but Janis never played there. She no. never did. No, no, no. She's a thread but there's girl. history there. She oh, absolutely. Well, she was a she was a thread girl. 
you know, she was a Thread Guild devotee. She, I mean, she started her okay. first public singing here. But, I'm, but I want to go back to the Springsteen show. Yeah. So okay. Springsteen plays Armadillo World, World Headquarters in what year? What year is this that you get to see gotta him? Got to be 70. Got to be either late 73 or early 74. Because he's now, Bruce is now 60. Mark, what is he? 60. We talk. I think he's a little old. But anyways, he's in his 60s. So this would have been. Puppy. He's a puppy. He's in his 20s. Just breaking. Just coming. He's a puppy now. I'm in my mid 70s and he's, you know, and he's still going <laughs> to the gym. I'm still, I'm waiting on three more operations before I can learn how to walk again. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen is 67 years old. There you go. And he played Armadillo World Headquarters in what year? 73 or 4, or, and a couple of times after this, that too, yeah. in 73, 4, 5. Wow. And, for, a, for a buck. Well, the first time, the very first time. Right. Sold out? Him, Did I, sell had him, out? I had him booked on Friday and Saturday, and then I got to add the Thursday. And I had uh, Alvin was playing, and I got to add Springsteen to the show and just charge a dollar. I don't remember whether we gave him 300 bucks or not, but but then he was booked for you know $3.50 a night for Friday and Saturday and then on off to Houston. And Mr. Threadgill was standing on the edge of the stage when Alvin was finishing up. Alvin had brought Threadgill out to yodel. Uh, well, he played, and Mr. Threadgill and Tiny McFarlane and I were standing together, and Mr. Threadgill punched on Tiny and looked back here, and here was Springsteen with his guitar around his neck, pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth backstage with nothing plugged in doing this. And Mr. Threadgill said to Tiny, that young fellow is just nervous as an old coon dog trying to pass the peach pit. <laughs> and now it's in the vocabulary ever since and now he's the boss i mean that's just yes yeah. yeah and he was nervous about alvin alvin did a hell of a job he told tiny who drove in from lubbock he, tiny quit working for for uh, joe ely that weekend and drove from lubbock to austin to start drumming with uh, with Alvin and Alvin said, I can't let you break in tonight. I, I got we got this guy named Silverstein out of New York. Supposed to be some sort of hot <laughs> Silverstein, shit. and we're gonna blow he's his ass great, off he's the a, stage. He's a, he's a great young Jewish kid. He's <laughs> he is he is he is going to be huge someday. He will be the boss. Well, Alvin was determined not to be intimidated, and so he told Tiny he couldn't break him in that night. But Mr. Third, you'll notice that 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 young fellow was sure nervous down there pacing back and forth. How does ACDC come into the picture? I can't. When I that just it, seems it's just, so. It, it's just one of those. It's just one of those weird bank shots that you know it happens if you, you know, if you put enough chalk on it and you just keep bent over, then uh, all of a sudden we hear they're coming toward us. You know, right. every now and then booking agents right. would get infected the same way that some of the bands would get infected right. and they would start trying to hype us yeah. because they had gotten a lot of compliments from somebody who had enjoyed their relationship with us after they got steered this way. Yeah. And uh, it was a very unusual thing to come into the, a place and see people busting their butt to empty your trucks and set your shit up good. Yeah. You know, it was back then it was, you know, the, Toy Caldwell, uh, you know, the guys from 
because all of those all those really big southern rock and roll bands you know they would get there and and stand on the stage to just watch our crew work and then do shit like you know hand me a half ounce of cocaine and say pass this around would you and see if you can find me some more <laughs> and they were really they were real easy to work with yeah i bet i bet Jesus Christ. <laughs> there was plenty of that going around. Plenty of Well, you know, plenty plenty for those who were, you know, obviously not. It, yeah, it was too much. That's what killed the whole scene. Because the, the, the world headquarters was only 70 there. to 80. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you would have. It, if you, and I look around this room and, you, and I see the old rock posters and I see the, I'm setting the, for those listening at home, there's these cool posters. But I think most people would think that that was around for, uh, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. 10 years. Man, think of it. Nowadays, we've got places that have been open for 30 years. Right. How old are you now? Uh, 72 or 3. 72. So right. when you, I mean, it must have seemed like a like an instant that it was open. I mean, it seemed like nothing. It seemed like 100 years with my thumb and a fucking vice. Well, that's not good. No, it wasn't. And I outlived it, and fuck it, <laughs> it's dead and gone, and I'm still kicking. Well, because just five minutes with my thumb in a vice, I don't want none of no, it. No, no, you know, I mean, it just doesn't let up. You didn't dig it? You didn't love it? I hated every minute of it. Come on. I did it. It was a public fucking service and acknowledgement to the fact that I didn't have enough education to get a good job. I mean, that's sweet. Eddie, I, knew I don't know you very well, but there are a lot of people that would have killed. Now, granted, you, you, it was you, and you did it, and you whatever. But I mean, I don't know. Wow, that tough. Well, just it's easy to remember when they ask you about the blindfold and the cigarette to ask for the longest cigarette they got. So you, Every single day. The wisdom, the shit that comes out of your mouth, right? What was the one I just it missed? No shit comes out of my mouth. No. That's, that's my poop hole. That's, that's a, an expression. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter account? Do you have an Instagram account? Do you have a Facebook account? I, I, I think I probably have a Facebook account, but there's no accounting for how I got it. Uh, you know, well, Threadgills has one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to do that for sure. Yep. So people know where we are and you know what we yep. got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. You need to light that thing? No, I I, I, I figured that part out again. I'd I start over here, and uh, and I was just looking around to see if there was anybody. There's, there's some real sweet people up here. You know, if this was TV you know, Well, your right wife now, is here. It was, you know, that, that too. Uh, the, uh, the sanctity of this silly, of this silly facility, wow, I pulled it off, is... Uh, it's kind of being stretched a little bit tonight. You know, this is this is kind of like what I had been planning to do up here for all the years that I could never get around to it. And, you know, everybody sold out around to it 25 years ago. Hmm. But Gatelman comes over here with all his footage that he's, that he's collected and all of these heroes that he's working on. And he says, shit, give you a special deal. You make one about me and... 
I'll write it so you don't worry about right. you know having to make me look good. I can handle that part. Um, but just look at the toys this guy got out of his garage. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's like a Hall of Fame. Well, you know we're going to be in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, you guys are. Yeah, uh, Austin is going to be in there. I got a letter as it should be. Uh, well, I, I got a letter telling me it, it made me think it was all about me because, but uh, but it was a beautiful letter. I, and it and I called him the the guy back from the Hall of Fame and said who had written it and said you call it my my Central Texas dance hall. I said, would you consider possibility, please, going back and changing that to concert hall? Because it'd be it'd mean a whole lot to the people in the ballet and all those other folks. And no problem. Bam, fired it off, fresh letterhead. And uh, so 2018, I got a, I have a friend named Thad Avery who has said that, that it won't count against my mantra of not ever going anywhere again because it, it'll be on the bus. And that doesn't count. Right. We go to Nashville for the induction of, of Austin and Armadillo World Headquarters into the Country Music Hall of Fame. And it's a, it's. A, I see. I think I, I, I know that I'm sure you, you, you think that was a slog, but I, I think you should embrace that, man. Oh, I I'm going to. Yes. Oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna get all sweaty first and embrace it. Uh, I, I'm just thrilled to death to be, you know, be in anybody's Hall of Fame. But anyhow, we got, uh, we got the lots more important things to do. Yeah. And that's make sure that everybody, you know, figures out how to eat healthy. Right. And come to Threadgills to get their goddamn Chicken. healthy food. You know, we got we got seventeen thousand variations of a five vegetable plate. Seventeen thousand variations, and I could be off by a couple of hundred thousand. But it's that's it's a negative a, it, number. It's a serious number. No, no, it's a serious big. Well, time seventeen thousand uh, off by a couple hundred me? thousand. Oh my! That's that gets us a negative number, doesn't it? Well, wouldn't think so. Not if you still got taters and shit. On so your here's plate. the thing. So so the, so so Threadgills is in Austin. Whole Foods is in Austin. Both started here. Both raised here. You know they're they're when they're, they flooded. They're schlepping. May of eighty one. Oh, five o'clock in the morning. I just was out because you know water was coming in my bedroom door and I had to go see what was going on. Yeah. I was living over in Terrytown at Triangle Park. Yeah, and I pulled. Oh, up, really? That's right. Pulled, by, yeah. I pulled up to the pulled up to the Whole Food there at tenth. And uh, what had been Mother Earth, right. where I introduced Willie Nelson to Michael Murphy in a, in a disco. And, uh, and they, were th they were out in front of, of uh, Whole Foods with sandbags. Yeah, they used and, to put sandbags. And I got, I got out of my car up to my, up to my tallywhacker in the water, you know, getting there. And it was the, uh, the tally. Okay, yeah, the tallywhacker. Yeah, it was deep water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they were until Mackie took over. They treated me great for years after that yeah. for being a you know on the spot hero. But yeah. Mackie and I, Mackie and I, we can't seem to we can't seem to stop and lock into a conversation. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, <laughs> That's a curse in Chinese, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. But I, my point was that you, they, you know, they're they're are you know they they say they sell healthy stuff, but you know, you did thread gills is where people need to come. Would you say get their goddamn healthy food? Yeah, I mean, we got all the nutrients. You know, yeah. you don't have to. We got nothing bad for you. 
and you know, moderation's up to you. What about the time you had Van Morrison come play for half of what he wanted to get in exchange no. for shrimp enchiladas or, or quesadillas? Or, or, good briefing, but good briefing, but it went off the road both sides. Uh, a friend of mine that I had met, a guy that managed uh, John Prine and Dan Hicks and the Hot Licks called it. <laughs> One night, he said, Steve, I'm Steve said, I'm managing Van Morrison, Eddie. He, he wants to go on the road in three weeks, and I want to start at Armadillo. And I said, he said, this is like getting a call from the fucking president. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is not, this doesn't happen. Because Van Morrison's all, all oh, he's, 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 you know, he's way another stratosphere from Armadillo. Yeah. yeah. And so he said, he said, Eddie, he's, I'm watching him waddle back to his kitchen across my yard of here in Marin County and and he he wants me to get him started and I want to start him at thread, at Armadillo because that'd just be the most copacetic place mm. and it's unbelievable good news 50 percent of the door deal and he called back about half an hour later and he said Van just came back over and said he wanted to stay at your house I said, Van Morrison doesn't know me or my house from Jack's yet. What do you mean he wants to stay at my house? He's real paranoid, and we, you're just breaking him back into being on the road, and he wants to stay at your house. So anyway, the story goes on for a couple of weeks. But, uh, he stays at your house? Yeah, he stays at my house. And after the third night, when everything went fine and it was all sold out every night, he sat back down in the living room chair, and he said, I'll talk now. Because yeah, he's a prickly guy. I said, you'll talk now. He said, yeah, yeah, call whoever you want me to talk to now. I'll talk. It's, I called Chet Flippo, who lived here with Rolex Stone. And Chet came over and taped it. Chet, wow. Chet and Martha both died last year, and he's never he never transcribed that interview. I just remember it's in a box somewhere in somebody's museum. Hmm. Gatelman, find that tape. Yeah, it's great to have smart people that are you know scared to death of you. You know, I don't. He'll he'll find that tape. Yeah, look, they're he'll, they're he'll they're shaking their head. I thought. Yeah, I they, think they, they don't love. Wanna, they, I they think they love you. I don't know that they're. you. I don't know that they're scared of you. I ain't going to show you that. Macho guy, look at him shaves his head. You know, polishes that sucker. Boy, saw an old bartender of mine today here for the first time in I don't know how many years, but he was here when we opened and worked for. 10 years, so it's been 20 years since I've seen him, I guess. And he, he, he had, since I'd seen him, he had decided to, to shave it all and polish it. And goddamn, he was looking healthy. Just amazing. <laughs> Are you going to light that thing or not? <laughs> Which one? Well, it's been in your hand, and the lighter's been in your hand for. I'm glad we got that out on the tape. <laughs> Did you write the book? Who wrote the did you did you you had somebody help you write the book? Everybody, everybody helps me do everything. Right. So how you know, I've yeah. done two books. Yeah. And I had some both books and I'm going to at some point do a third book and somebody's going to help me do that. But it's a it's a it's a grind, man. It, it, yeah, it, it is. Sandra will tell you. Uh you kind of wake up every day going, "Fuck, I have to write this book." Yeah. I have to sit down. I have to work I've on I've just this. discovered to, a really wonderful thing that I never expected. I went through 
and have been in the midst of all that very all that yep. very abrasive sort of yep. sort of comeback on that when I discovered not more than two weeks ago several ring binders full of shit that I wrote and ended up shit canning because it wasn't proper for the memoir mm. mem noir mm. I wanted to call it because it's never been used but uh, but that doesn't have to be in the book the, but 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 a, a, a massaged version of that goes you know is the book you know yeah. it, it's your life and it's it's I mean, do you say in the book that the 10 years of the Armadillo World Headquarters were like, what would you say, a million years? I fucking don't know what I said. I got to read it first. (laughs) You know, it it got way too too much. Anyway, I don't know I agree. But I agree with that. I mean, I would, would, the ones I've done, you sit down, you you talk, you record, uh, uh, you know, chapters come back, you review them, you tweak them. Yeah. And then if I went and read my two books now, you know, and, and I got a bunch of shit for after the fact for writing those two books because obviously I left out a, a, a significant part. <laughs> but if I read them now, I'd be like, wow, that's interesting. That's, I didn't know. I mean, it just happened three days ago for me. I just opened up file ring binders after ring binder of shit that I shit out of. Did I write this? How am I going to find out if I wrote this? Yeah, and it, it keeps turning up like it's only only accounting for it, and uh, it somehow's pretty interesting. It, it you know when the memoir didn't have to be part of the the final conclusion of the right. of this of this piece, it then it it stand alone. Yeah. A whole lot better. Are you going to go around and do book signings and the whole? I'm going to do them at the restaurants and probably book people for sure. Yeah. I mean, right up and down the street and and putting butts and seats at the restaurants. My, you know, the only job I got. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, if it turns out to be a whole lot of fun, I'll whack it until it starts to tingle. Yeah. This is. Uh, we need to make T-shirts. All this shit you say. All yeah. these little Eddie isms. I've been I've been trying to do T-shirts for a lot of years. I have, yeah. We we had we had some good ones back in the back in the day. Let's talk about Janice Joplin because we, we were mentioning that. Well, earlier. Janice is a piece of work. Yeah, uh, trying to get you know firsthand. And I want to set so where I'm we're sitting here behind Threadgill's. Upstairs in the old, so let me help me figure out where she enters this picture with regards to where we're sitting. What well, where we're sitting wasn't here, was not here. No, no, this that was up, there up front, that, the, the, little, that little service station that had a living quarters built yep. onto a back end of it was uh was already run down as hell when Janet started hanging here. There were a couple of rent houses behind it, and uh. Kenneth's, one of Kenneth's favorite stories was about the uh, DPS busting into a rent house behind him and catching one of his his drivers with cases of whiskey stacked to the ceiling all the way around the wall. And, and I said, Where, where'd you get all this whiskey? What whiskey, officer? All this whiskey all the way around this room. Look at this stuff. Officer, I swear, when I went to sleep, that whiskey wasn't in here. And beat it on a search warrant. 
deal. And this was in the 30s. But uh, it was way out in the, you know, I was raised I was raised down around 43rd and 40, 45th Street over into the avenues. Yeah. And and that was back when it was Thug City instead of hoity-doity. Right. You know, it went through several evolutions. Right. No, that's, that's you know, it was the first, the first place in town that people built houses and advertised folks to come live there. Yeah. So she played, or came, or hung out. She hung out. She hung out at the little service station. She grew up in in what well, she grew up. Port Arthur. She in Port Arthur went to high school with Jimmy Johnson, and the came up Cowboys coach, and yeah, came up which here. Is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, they were in class together. Yeah, she wasn't happy. She wasn't happy. She was a sweetie in some ways, but she. I mean, the first time I ever really laid eyes on her was when she kicked us out of my car. In the front of the co-op, there on the drag, and there's a swamp of people all the way around it going back and forth, and I just got stuck. And then somebody kicked a quarter panel on my car on this side, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and that's where I saw Janice Joplin for the first time looking right back at me in my rearview mirror, shooting off. me the finger. Yeah. And you knew who that was? Yeah, I, I, I had seen her at Threadgills, and I saw her at Threadgills a few nights after that. She didn't recognize me or didn't, you know. She was, a few weeks ago, or maybe it's probably been a couple of months now, I had Shep Gordon on this podcast. Do you know Shep Gordon? I know the name, but I don't know He why. was Alice Cooper's manager, yeah, Luther Vandross. Yeah. So he had a history with her, too, where he he lived at this, you know, in a roundabout way. He ended up moving into this motel in Los Angeles. And his first night there... He went outside, and some people were out by the pool, kind of uh, hanging out and whatever. And it, it, actually, they were having sex. So <laughs> hanging in, hanging out. Yeah. yeah. So she comes over and punches him in the face. And um, the Who next, does? Janice? Janice does punches him straight in the face. It's a good place to start. Yeah. And so the next morning. They're, they walk out and she's like, "Oh, are you the guy that I punched in the face?" Like, was she that fucking crazy? I mean, I mean, well, I don't know whether crazy or, or you know, or or addled, you know, gets behind some of it. No, she's like, you know, people go into rages of any sort, you know, typically a little bit. Who's the wildest person? You you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, you've you've been around, and we've talked about them all, right? Whether it's Springsteen or or Van Morrison or Janis Joplin or AC, whatever. Who's literally the wildest person? And when I say wild, I don't mean like crazy, like unstable, but just I mean crazy, like wild crazy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, and I'm not going to bite. Uh, Somebody had to have been just. Well, I mean, you know, if you couldn't blame. The overages right. on that's part on, of on alcohol or or, or drugs or drugs then uh, then you know, there's hardly any reason for it to come up in discussion. Uh, it was you know it's just like if it was just truck drivers without guitar players, it'd be the same kind of edgy sort of thing. Keeping that fucking schedule back and forth across the country mm -hmm. with too little sleep and too many strange places. Uh, that would drive me crazy. Well, it, it drove. Everybody I know crazy that had any part of it. It was one of the first things that I I discovered when I had just had my toe in the water. Did you enjoy the shows at the Armadillo World Headquarters? I didn't see all that many of them. You didn't? That really comes right down to it. I wow. Mean, I'd have a hard time proving a lot of them. 
And what about this idea that, you know, that that goes 70 to 80 goes away. When I moved here, I moved to Austin in 89. And the place to see a show when I moved here in 89, we would go to Liberty Lunch. Yeah. We would go to the Black Cat. We would go to Continental Club. And we'd go, you know, the mid-size venue was, there was nothing. Then you had to go to the Irwin Center, which sucked, yeah. still does. Um, you know, and yet these other smaller sheds are gone, right? They're not, and then now you have ACL Live and... Yeah, beautiful place. It is, I mean, I enjoy shows there. I do enjoy yeah. shows at ACL Live. I think I was told just a little, just a little while ago by one of my managers, Melanie, that um, we've got someone showing showing up on our calendar now at this at the old store that just did the Moody and drew a whole mess of people and is doing the you know, in the twenty five dollar ticket range and is gonna come up here I think and do ten or fifteen and uh, see if put a whole new crowd of those kind of folks in. Hmm. I don't even know what it sounds like, but I'll find out soon, I guess. Yeah. Now, it was sad when, when, when I mean, I, you know, because I, I loved Liberty Lunch, and for those people that have been to Austin way back then or local people, like when that went away, that whole block went away, and then City Hall and that whole thing was created, which I get, right? I mean, we, you got to have it. Got to have it. That was, you know, that was a bummer. It was a bummer for for me and you know that size mid size venue. But. There's some places, some places that should do so much better than they they do. But with location access, all those things, Shelf's Garden has been the longest, slowest slog mm. there has been in this town, and I spent my time there trying to. Figure it out and turn it around. It's a tough one. You made an you did you you created an ad agency. Well, I kind of I kind of had to. Uh, we had uh, we had done a couple of things that had had created a whole lot of attention and causing causing Lone Star Beer to get a whole lot of sales and and it was really hard to do it legally. But we really tried. Found out years later that it hadn't worked and it wasn't legal. But we didn't get caught. So. Thought you'd never ask. That was the name of the agency. Thought you'd never ask. And so we we went to Lone Star, and we had a entertainment lawyer and, and a, 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 an accountant from the biggest accounting firm in the nation, and Woody Roberts, a radio genius who had, who had brought radio in Texas along for a number of years, and me from the Armadillo. And thought we had it all locked up. God almighty. Everybody wanted a piece of us, but they wanted to tell us what to do, mm. and uh, it was just really hard to hard to accommodate some of those those convictions they had. But we did we we, we caused a whole lot of people to start drinking Lone Star beer. So you were the predecessor, because Austin has these places, whether it's Threadgills or Whole Foods or yeah. GST and You were you were the predecessor to GST and M. You should have. Yeah, that was well. We have friends that worked. On my stuff worked on their stuff and became the same people. Yeah, you know, it's a bunch of really bright folks. Yeah, and and they and they fit the mold that I would really hope to eventually slip into. That you can you can break some ground and find a 
maintenance level of business that you can sustain and just not give up everything, not give up all your day, you know, all your uh, all your juice. But it's hard to it's hard to see anybody out there that's that's having the kind of fun that I'd really like to have if I just had, could back up, get a running start, and then be able to run. But, <laughs> you know, fuck it hurts to walk now. It pisses me off. I gave up most of my most of my <clears throat> joints for the love of football, and I wore myself out pretty good. Yeah, <clears throat> that sport's been hard. I mean, if you look at you see Earl Earl Campbell today. I mean, it, yep. it's. I mean, you've obviously, and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole because everybody listening knows this. But the, I mean, the concussion issue is is a, is a real problem. But just, I mean, even Earl. I mean, just walking, no, I, or just moving, or you know, side to side, or just getting up and down from a table. It, it's I've been watching a, for years and years. It takes yeah. a real toll. Yeah, it does. We just went to the Super Bowl. I, I took my my better half and my two sons to the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I watched the first half. Well, then you missed a real good well, second half. I knew the second half was going to be stunning, going to get my blood pressure up. I could flip a coin and give a shit for which way it was going to come down, but I knew it was going to be a, a cliffhanger and right on the edge of your chair. So I went. And you were the smartest. I mean, you should you should be in Vegas right now. No, no, no. I don't do that at all. Never do that. I don't. I don't gamble. I don't play games. Right. I don't do puzzles. Nothing is. Designed to be difficult is going to tempt me into fucking with it. You know, <laughs> I just let it go. Yeah. So, but uh, it was it to be in that stadium yeah. was, was. I could tell there was a, just a shitload of people I didn't have to worry about being around. God. Well, for, the, we went. We the only reason we went um, is we had great seats that was give. Or, you know, we were hooked up by the Falcons GM. Who was on this podcast a few months ago? And my my boys, they love football, so I wanted to take my boys, and 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 it, it was it was an an amazing experience, like yeah. to see. It was amazing because it was a great game. Ended up being a great game. Was that yeah? But just the 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 way that room changed, and when I say room, I mean I'm talking mm. eighty five thousand people. The shit was, and we were sitting with. Mostly Falcons fans because we got the tickets from the Falcons gym. Yeah. The way it changed, it was. It's it was. A, it was like theater. Lot, it was like it was not happening. It literally was like it. This is not. And these these people, it was like it didn't happen. Like it wasn't happening. Well, could I could see. I mean, knowing the players, seeing how off, you know, the button, you know, offense was for the, you know. For the hot dogs, I knew he's going to come back. I knew right. he's going to have a hot hand in the second half. Right. And I had to go read an eight hundred page book I've started about Rasputin. <laughs> you, I would have put the book down. My son wanted to leave. He would, just for the record, he was like, "Anytime you're ready to leave, Dad, yeah, we can leave." Yeah, and I said, "Just hang on a second. I just let's just give it a possession or two, but." Anyways, it was it was it was fun, and they ended up they they ended up having a good time. So, Eddie, thank you for for sitting for an hour or so and yeah. sharing some stories and some wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom in there. This is a different kind of was. This isn't 
you know. Wise Asdom. Wise Asdom. So, so, you know, Malcolm Gladwell drops some wisdom. Neil deGrasse Tyson drops this, like, scientific wisdom. This is Wise Asdom, which yeah, well, is the way, you know, a boy from a, a kid born in Oak Cliff. It, it, you know, it's at the back end of the parking lot upstairs over a commissary, you know, and it looks a whole lot like a saloon from 1940. And it's really good to have a, an excuse to come up here and shoot the shit. I, yeah. I thank you a lot. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Austin, we will be, he's going to, is going to just come straight through here. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's. Yeah. We're from the. Yeah, it, it's booked. Yeah. But, I, you know, I always have the possibility of not having to watch a hell of a lot of it. Yeah. You know, just, you know, it'd be nice to find a, a sweet way to, you know, to, to exit. But the goddamn, the setup is here for a whole lot of people to either have a lot of fun or, or get screwed by the circumstances. Right. right. We live across the street, the biggest part of 90 seconds from here. And, uh, it's just it's a really wonderful place to be because they've learned up here to tell people that he either just left or he'll be right back and it's almost always true <laughs> uh thank you sir thank you thanks for tuning in to the forward podcast like uh like i said at the top of the show if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please, God knows I need suggestions, um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. Theforwardpodcast at wedo, W-E-D-U, sport singular.com the forward podcast at we do sport.com 